Welcome to another episode of Books That Make Us Better. My name is Kayla Joe. I'm Megan. I'm Lydia. And I'm Jesse. And we are continuing our quest to learn how to live a full hearted life by reviewing the gifts of imperfection by Brene Brown. And we are currently on guidepost number five, cultivating intuition and trusting faith. And I got to say, I've been pretty uh, looking forward to this discussion because uh, not all of us view faith the same way. So I thought this chapter, though it is short, would be pretty interesting. I thought the same thing when I was reading it. Yeah, I excited yeah, I, this talk. Same. Uh, all right, let's hop to it. We believe the power to change lives is within ourselves. We believe with the right attitude, anything can be accomplished. We believe the amount of knowledge and insight available is limitless. But we don't think life should be taken too seriously. Books that make us better. An Alpha Media Podcast. So uh, the first thing I believe she covers is intuition. Um, I recall, if I recall, I'm just spitballing here, that um, she didn't like the... uh, dictionary definition of intuition because it you know it's like it's basically saying that you are uh like a a medium <laughs> like you just know uh essentially and i i kind of agreed with you because like when i think of intuition i just think of like well essentially what she says a lot but what does your gut tell you and i mean that's what i think of intuition anybody else <laughs> I think of intuition as like when you're walking down a dark alley and you feel like someone's looking at you, someone's probably looking at you. Mm. Although that also could be paranoia. <laughs> yeah, I was like, sounds like a little bit paranoia. That could also just be just be uh, being a woman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Or that. Yeah. But that's how I think of intuition. Thank you very much. Uh, also, I was wondering, um, did anybody else? I was just looking at my inventory. This one is not on there. Did we, do we know why this one isn't on there? I feel like this was said why it's not on the inventory, but I can't remember why. I'll need to look at Anyone? mine because I don't have mine in front of me. Yeah. This, this is five. Fun. Yeah. Or sorry. Number five. Oh. Yeah. Four is on there. I was looking at four, but, and then it skips to six. And I think whatever we probably says it at the beginning. She, there was something explaining on the website mm-hmm. why it wasn't. Yeah. Okay. I'll just oh, uh, meet myself and go have a looky loop. That sounds familiar. And So Brene makes the point or takes the time to say that intuition um, can be our gut. That's what we need to know. But then also it could be telling us that um, we don't have enough information right now and we need to keep looking. And that sometimes we um, like our anxiety brain will tell us like we don't have time to do this research. Like we don't have time to look more into this. You just have to choose now. And then we'll like like make a panic choice and um, not give our intuition the time it needs or the time we need to give to our intuition to um, make sure that we're uh, making wholehearted choices for ourselves. Did anyone else think it was interesting that she too used the phrase our knowing? Yes. She says something else in here too that was a, that made me think of Untamed. But maybe that... Yeah, I think it's funny how... People who seem to be so in touch with, I don't know, how to guide us, 
through everything. Um, how they, yeah, they talk about their knowing. And, but I think I, again, as a person who's not very, um, like spiritual, I, maybe I'm okay. I believe in karma. So I don't know if that's spiritual. So on that note, but not like, not a Christian, my knowing, I like thinking of it as that because it feels a little more like even keel. Like it's not, you're not picking one side or the other um, because I do feel like I have a knowing and I have like a guide and like I have a moral compass, you know? So I, I think that you don't need a religion to have those things. Um, so I do appreciate that it's called like multiple people now have called it their knowing. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. I really identified with the part of the guidepost that talks about like surveying being a red flag. Oh my gosh. I thought of you immediately when I read that. Same. Cause I'm definitely a surveyor and like, sometimes I don't even like, I, I don't even realize it. And now I've become more kind of in touch with it. And I like how she talks about like when you're asking, you know, your gut or you're asking other people, like, what do you think? What should I do? And, you know, people are saying, what do your gut say? And you say, I'm not sure. What you're really saying is I have no idea what my gut says. I haven't spoken to it in years. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, well, that's a fact. And then like she uses her researching or her surveying rather, I'm sorry, as a red flag. So if she starts surveying people like, what do you think? Or what should I do? Or is this a good idea? then that's her red flag of like, I need to just trust my intuition. I need to trust my knowing instead of surveying. And it could be, I know the answer, but I just want reassurance or I need more information. And so both like you need to ultimately be responsible for either just not seeking the reassurance or finding the more information that you were looking for. Mm -hmm. So I, listen to something really interesting. And Jesse and I were talking about this um, last Friday. But um, so I've been also listening to the book, uh, this book by Jack Canfield, who's the guy that wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul. So in one of the things that he was listening to, he talks about how so often when we raise kids, we are always telling them what to do. And we are always telling them what not to do. And by constantly doing that, they don't learn to enjoy things on their own because we're constantly guiding them in the way that we feel like they should go. And of course, by we, I mean, just generally speaking, not that I feel like any of you ladies do this to anybody, but how then it creates these adults that are like, well, hey, what do you want to do for a living? What are you passionate about? And people are like, I don't know. And like, I've legit heard adults say that like, well, I want to do something different, but I genuinely don't know what I want to do. And I think that's really interesting because it's almost like we try to guide kids so hard that we like kind of beat the passion right out of them. Like, what do you genuinely love? I don't know. And like, I don't think, you know, all parents don't do that. So this is just like one thing that he found working with adults when he was like, what's your passion? And nobody, nobody knows. I feel like I've said this before. But it feels like a millennial thing for us to know what our passions are and to find them. And so I think maybe that's why you probably are like, I don't identify with this. And I'm sure there's a lot of millennial parents who would be on the other spectrum and 
possibly pushing their kids towards whatever. But I do feel like this is a mindset that we have. And I think it's something that needed to change. And I'm, I'm happy that I see, like, I have a lot of friends who are like me in their mid thirties and making huge job changes because they're just not happy with what they've been doing. And, you know, while like, that's crazy, you know, to think about, you're like, oh my God, oh, the money (laughs) that's gone or whatever. It doesn't matter. Like those things don't matter. It's if you can't be passionate about what you're doing, you know, then whatever. So I'm, I'm happy for the millennials and hopefully for the millennial parents that are raising their kids to be like, you can, whatever your passion is. Like I also read one time, speaking of what do you want to be when you grow up, that you're not supposed to ask kids that because it puts this huge onus on them. Yeah. And so I like, I've never asked Cora that, but now she tells me what she wants to be when she grows up. It changes daily, which is great. (laughs) Like currently she wants to be a dancer. Um, What what kind of dancer? She didn't say. (laughs) Good. Love the mystery. I'm not sure. (laughs) Love the mystery. I know my, my first thought was like, Oh, like a ballerina. And then I was like, "Mm, I hope it, I, then I was like, mm, I hope it's a, not a dancer that is dancing for money in their underwear. <laughs> and then I thought, no, that's okay. There's a lot of people who do a really good job of dancing in their underwear. <laughs> and they make a bang. And that's mm-hmm. nice. So I definitely, I had to self-correct that thought. But anyway, I digress. Totally got off topic here. Uh, yeah, passions. But I think that all ties in, though, too, to following your intuition. Because I think that so many times society pushes us into what's correct and then by following what is correct we don't follow the things that we want to be doing um i was gonna say i might have spaced this off when i was searching for the inventory thing did someone already read what Brene decided was a good definition for intuition no Mm -mm. okay i'm reading it and then lydia you have to go because i cut you off and i'm sorry (laughs) uh she so she decided that this is what she crafted from her research uh intuition is not a single way of knowing it's our ability to hold space for uncertainty and our willingness to trust the many ways we've developed knowledge and insight including instinct experience faith and reason which feels more accessible because i think a lot of people do have intuition yes i really love her uh definition comes up with because just is outside of the box of what um, we might have been told all the time what these things are. So I like it. It like gives you if you need it, if you're that kind of person, it gives you the permission to like view it differently because this woman is incredibly smart and she's a researcher. (laughs) She knows what she's talking about. And sometimes we need someone else to tell us that we can have that different opinion or something or that different mindset. So I like it. That's what was so cute at the beginning, though, because she when she said that now it's intuition and faith. Can you believe it? And her husband's like, I'm surprised you're surprised. And then she was saying how she didn't she's not very intuitive. And she read the dictionary um, description, whatever. That's it. Not a word description. Definition. It is a word description. Yeah. I'm looking for definition. Thank you. I got you. Um, word description was my creative flair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it said intuition is a direct perception of truth or fact, independent of any reasoning. And then she didn't understand that. And her husband was like, you rewrite stuff all the time. Like, write a new definition. If you don't like that one, make up, you know, write it yourself. And she did, damn it. So then I suppose following um, 
intuition then was faith. And this, I thought, was really interesting. Well, I thought all of it was pretty interesting. Yeah. And and I like that she makes it very clear that, like, this, this doesn't mean that you maybe follow a religion or you don't even really like have to believe in God. It's like, like Megan said, I mean, there's just, there's a spirituality regardless of if you really believe that you fall in line with a certain religion. Like there's, you can have a belief of like a higher power or um, some sort of universal energy at work. You know, I don't, not all of my, like, oh, I believe in things and um, I believe in things that probably would against my Christian upbringing in all actuality. I 100% believe in mediums and that the people have this ability to do that. And I don't think it's a sin if you talk to them. And like, <laughs> I've had conversations with mediums and I just, you know, there are things that I am in conflict with when it comes to man-made religion rules that I don't do so well following, but I like that she makes it clear that it, it, it's not like a black or white issue there. Well, and that's, what's interesting too, though, because in all of this extra like reading and audiobook and YouTube listening, I've been doing, it talks a lot about, um, well, and Jesse and I have talked about this, the law of attraction mm-hmm. and how like it's been proven that we put out energy and everything is made up of energy. We are made up of energy, but our thoughts also create this energy. And so, I mean, to think that there is no rhyme or reason to anything. I mean, it surprises me that someone could think that, I guess, that there's no rhyme or reason at all. Right. I literally just read a kid's book tonight that had to do with energy and how we have a whole, we all have energy. It's a science book, a kid science book. But all of our energy comes from stars. And I think that's beautiful. And all of our energy and all yeah. of our atoms. Like we we are made up of old stardust, basically. It's a nice way to put it. But I mean, yeah, I mean that's it'd be crazy not to believe that there's no energy because like I mean, science even proves it if you if you believe in that. I mean, I guess that's where a lot of my basis lies in science, but I also really um, enjoy the part where she said that she thought at first that um, faith uh, meant something like there's a reason for everything, yes. but how she doesn't feel comfortable saying that um, she says, I'm not comfortable with using God or faith or spirituality to explain tragedy. 100% agree with that. Same. 100%. Like that's something that was a big struggle for me, which is um, another big reason why I'm, you know, left. Uh, because like, you can't just, I just, I can't. I'm thinking, as any current tragedy, you can't just say like, oh, well, that's just, you know, like, that's how it is. Or that, that may, it means something and it's for a reason that, you know, half a million people died from COVID. Okay. Right. Yeah, I can't. I just can't. It seems, it sounds like, it just sounds a little heartless to me to mm-hmm. say that to a person who's grieving for whatever reason they're grieving. I just yeah. feel like it would be, if to me, I would get so angry yes. like i don't know i just yeah i've never to use god in that way either or mm-hmm. my faith or that yeah absolutely 
I prefer the definition that she came up with. Uh, faith, for faith. Faith is a place of mystery where we find the courage to believe in what we cannot see and the strength to let go of our fear in, of uncertainty. And I definitely, at first, when I heard that, I thought, well, no, I mean, I believe in science, so there's usually a reason for everything. And then I thought, mm, no, there's not. There, there's definitely like a lot of uncertainty and we just are like, well, this is one of those things with science. We haven't, you know, we can't solve that or maybe we haven't solved it yet. And I'm comfortable with those things, you know, like, so I, I rebuked myself. Kind of. And she touched that here, like in that next couple paragraphs, her, um, there's that Jin Richard Rohr. That's how you pronounce his name. How he talks about his friends who believe in like Megan, like you're there's like the black holes. I mean, nobody really understands them, but we accept that they exist and we don't, we don't, you know, like stress over not having all these details. And then he knows religious people who want answers that are always true all the time. And it's kind of a contradictory way to look at it because that's not science. I mean, that's something that you can't tangibly touch or um, prove. You just, it's something you believe in. And yeah, it was what I know that I had ever really given that a conscious thought. But when I read that, that makes total sense to me. She kind of goes on to talk about that when she says, but many religious folks insist on answers that are always true. We love closure, resolution, and clarity while thinking that we are people of faith. How strange that the very word faith has come to mean its exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and especially I think the hard thing for me, I try to have an open mind when it comes to, you know, other people's belief systems and, you know, just be chill because like, I want people to be open-minded with me. So I'm going to be open-minded with them. But the hardest thing that I have is when somebody is certain that this is the only way, like, because it is in this book, this is the only way. And that there is certainly no other answer. This is the only answer. And I can't like, that's very difficult for me to like talk through that with somebody. Um, usually I just don't talk through that with them, but, um, I mean, it's definitely a lesson in patience and, you know, being open-minded and saying like, okay, this is your thing. Fine. It's, I think it, where it really comes to a head for me is when somebody's faith gets in the way of, you know, my personal rights or whatever. Uh, that's when I, or my safety, I don't know. Those things kind of, well, yes, it gets hard. The love and happiness other people could be experiencing. Right. I, yeah, I too, like I don't think that Christianity the end all be all greatest religion ever. That is the one I grew up in and I carry many beliefs in me from it, but I think it's incredibly arrogant if I'm going to tell someone who's maybe Jewish that they're wrong and I'm right and or if you're Muslim or something like that's just ridiculous to me. I don't I remember being younger and think maybe there was like a heaven for Christians and like a heaven for Jewish people and a heaven for Muslims. And like, not that we were segregated, but just that like, you could just believe it and you'd be there. Like I didn't, I didn't really give it a lot of thought. I was just like, Oh, everybody goes to their own heaven and it's wonderful. And like, we're good. Like without much about what other religions, about heaven, but I just have always thought that like, 
it's just such an asshole thing to feel like your superior because of <laughs> church you might attend or what book you might read or what my, or what prayer you may say. So, mm-hmm. did any like. of you guys ever see that Robin Williams movie, What Dreams May Come? Oh yes. Oh my gosh. So, um, they, it reminded me of that when you were talking about everyone going to their own heaven. Megan, did you say you'd never seen it? Yeah, no, I've not. You've never seen it either, Jesse? No. It's actually kind of a sad movie. But, um, is it Robin Williams' heaven that's all painted? I believe so. Yeah, he gets up like it's this idea that like whatever the best thing in the world is that brings you so much joy. Like that's where you go when you die. And his wife was an artist. And so when he woke up, he was in this like oil painting. And then his dog comes and his dog knocks him over and he's like stepping on grass, but the grass is all paint. So as he steps, like the paint all smudges. Oh my gosh, it's so cool. Like the artistry. It's very beautiful. Yeah. Bananas. Yes. And then it gets very dark and sad. So that's what makes it my kind of movie. Anything that's sad and sorrowful, sign me up. That's where I'm like, that's my swamp. I'm in the sad swamp. (laughs) You know, sometimes you need a good cry. Heck yes. Right. Such a good movie, though. But Uh, it's, I think in this book, though, I don't, when Brene talks about faith, I don't know that she's necessarily talking about like, I think we already kind of discussed this, but she kind of wraps it up really well when she said that faith is essential when we decide to live and love with our whole hearts in a world where most of us want assurances before we risk being vulnerable and getting hurt. To say, I'm going to engage wholeheartedly in my life requires believing without seeing. So that could be faith in anything. Like that could be faith in the greater plan or faith in yourself or... Yeah. I was just gonna others. I was just gonna say the same thing because I feel a lot of times and I'm just using like work as a context here like as an educator we have a lot of initiatives that we take on year after year after year and it's like I, a lot of times you see kind of these people that are like they don't have that faith they want certainty they want to know that if they do this it's gonna work there's no like I don't want to say optimism but like there really is no faith in like trusting the process. It's like, you need to show me that this works and then I'm going to do it. And so I see like people would prioritize certainty over just faith or just trusting that even though I can't see it yet, it, it can work and it's there. I think too, that we forget a lot of times that there's things that happen behind the scenes too. Mm -hmm. And so, um, just because it feels like things are not heading in the direction doesn't mean it's not, you know, like a lot of times there's a behind the scenes things that happen and we're not always privy to all of that information. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so, whatever that may be. Yeah. I like the, I like the idea that, yeah, just having, and I like Jesse, I like your, analogy there feeling like just having like faith in the process or like yeah just knowing like yeah and I don't think it has to be something so big as like I'm just yeah like you like Kayla said just faith in like yourself faith in it's not necessarily like God or religious like Mm -hmm. it doesn't always have to be that big but I think a lot of us I know myself as a person sometimes I lean more towards obviously wanting certainty and assurance and knowing and not wanting to risk that faith because you're you are you're vulnerable and 
could be taking a risk and those types of things, which we as a society and as a human being prioritize the latter. Right. You know, sometimes this other thought, I think too, maybe I'm getting off track with this, but like, do you guys ever think when you're like ready to accomplish something different that you're not going to move on until you're done accomplishing all the things that you're, you need to accomplish still. How do you mean move on? Like, yeah. yeah. I don't know what's going on here. Are you making turkey meatloaf again? Yeah. God, I'm always making turkey. My we- brain is just like one big turkey brownie. But like <laughs> when you can feel life is just kind of pulling you into a different direction, mm-hmm. but like, it's just not quite given to you yet. Yeah, and then no, sometimes I, I think, you know what, maybe there's more things I got to do. Yeah. Or maybe oh, there's yeah. something else I need to learn. Yeah. There was this one time, um, this happened when I was in high school. This is a, a true story from the Kayla Joe files. I was <laughs> driving home from school and we had had a huge snowstorm the day before. And so it was a six mile drive. The roads were clear except for this one strip of snow behind. There were these two big like silos that were up and the snow on the silo on the road by the silos didn't melt because the silos had, you know, cast a shadow on the road. So I was driving home. I remember seeing the person in front of me um, drive over it. And then I drove over it and I lost traction and I went to correct my car because I fishtailed and I overcorrected my car and I ramped a ditch the driver's side window hit a um, dummy telephone pole, which was kind of outrageous, and ramped the ditch. I think I was like six feet in the air, landed in the field. Jeez. And this happened right next to somebody's house. And he just happened to be letting his dogs out at the exact time this happened. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been outside. So he helped me call my parents because I was probably 16 and I got home and he followed us home and he gave me a hug in the driveway. And he said, there has to be stuff that you're here to accomplish because there's no reason you should be alive after that car accident. And like that thought just like has kind of always stuck with me that like, well, I mean, there's shit I got to do because the things that Mm -hmm. we do affect other people. And I, like, I believe that we have the power to change the course for good or for bad for other people's lives. Mm-hmm. Like the people you interact with daily, you affect in a positive way or a negative way. And so, you know, yes. sometimes I just think that there's, you know, shit we got to accomplish here. There's things I got to do. Yeah. I agree. And like, I mean, I think it's clear to see, you know, it's hard to see when you're in the time, you know, what the, what, what's the path and like what path are you on? It's hard to see when you're there in the path at that moment, but like looking back at history of your life or whatever, it's so clear to see. So like, even now, like you looking back on that accident, it's clear to see that like, well, things should have happened, but they didn't. And you're definitely here for a reason. And like, um, I'm thinking for myself personally, uh, going to, living in Germany for about a year while our goal was not to be only a year like we had plans to stay um I am positive that if we would have stayed our life would have been one million percent different and there like there were some things that Rob and I needed to solve in our relationship and need to solve personally and I do not think that those things would have been solved there I think we would have just kept going on this track of like 
fun time seekers, <laughs> you know, like having a good time, but like not taking care of our relationship or ourselves possibly would have ended badly. And so while it sucked, all the situations of how we got home were totally crazy and it was completely outlandish and completely unexpected how we came back. Um, but to be back and then like uh, over the however many six years that we've been back, so many things have changed in our relationship and so many things have changed for us personally in good ways. And so while I miss Germany, like, whoa, and I want to go back all the time and I miss that life because it was it was great. It, it wasn't all bad. <laughs> um I just wish that I could take like us as we are now and go back, you know, because <laughs> so everything's so good now, too. So, I mean, it's hard to see when you're in the path because it was really hard for me to see then, you know, like why we were leaving because it felt like all the doors had opened to get us there. And then suddenly they were slamming shut. And you just think, what the fuck? Like, I thought I followed the path. Like It was clear to me that the energies were pushing me here. Like, why mm -hmm. am I going back? What's going on? So I think that's probably, but I think that's good that I followed my intuition. And, you know, I just had a faith in the process because that was a big leap. And so I think when you think back on anything, if you have some big thing like that in your lives, dear listener, <laughs> think back on it and be like, oh yeah, that was okay. Like that turned out all right. I followed my gut. I went with it. And it, like, while it was uncomfortable at the time, you know, it turned out okay. And maybe you don't have that. Maybe you're in it still. Maybe someone's in the thick of it. Yeah. You're going to be out soon. Look at the things that you have now though. You have cyclone wallpaper behind you. Fuck yeah. You have two really <laughs> sweet kids and you got to see Michael's nipple like two podcasts ago. Yes. So this is a dream. Yeah. And I saw the pure joy in Sunny last podcast. Oh, yes. Yes. Which I still tackling. need to make into like a gift oh, or yeah. something. That's right. Uh, tackling the stockpot <laughs> toy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. This, we got life. this podcast, yo. Like there's just so much. This wouldn't have happened. There's, I mean, there's no way I would have been fluent enough in German to have a German podcast. And I don't even know if Germans listen to podcasts. They probably don't have, they don't fucking time for that. They're too busy. They got to do things. I feel okay, sorry, like I they Germans. do. I feel like they do have time for that. Because Possibly. And they probably do it very well. In my analytics, I swear there was like maybe one person from Germany. Well, those would be my friends that I. That uh, less do. than 1%. They follow everything I do. So, hi, guys, if you're listening. I love they're you. good friends. 2% <laughs> from Australia. Ooh, that's not Germany. 1% from United Kingdom and Iran. Ooh. Oh. And Canada. Interesting. All right. I'm in. All right. That's sorry. Cool. I digress. So I love apparently those. Germans do listen. Well, I love that. We love you, Germans. We love you. And, and Iranians. I, yeah. We love you all. Canadians. You're all right. They're just so <laughs> darn nice. Should we go into the dig deep part? Yes. Let's do it. Because I love parts on this chapter. Go, Lydia. Go. Um. Okay. So in Get Deliberate. She um, talks about how when she, so that letting go of certainty is one of her greatest challenges and she will have, she will have a response that like her body responds to it and um, it's her anxiety and her fear and vulnerable vulnerability. That word is so hard for me to say combined um, and that it's important for her to find a way to be still so she can hear what she's saying to herself and um 
I really relate to that and definitely need times where I have, I am like a person that needs to recharge in silence alone. And when I feel very out of control because I'm anxious or I'm stressed out or whatever, I need, I need to be alone for a little bit. And, um, it'll usually it's my mornings when nobody else is awake and I can drink my coffee on the weekends or I go to the gym in the morning or, and then when I'm at the gym, I don't pay attention to anything except like my movements. And so it's really great for me to get out of my brain. Yeah. Um, yeah. That one really hit home because I definitely need to do those, th- those things on a regular basis for me. Don't we all? Yeah. Yes. That's self-care. Yeah. Yes. And I liked her get inspiration too, where she, she really just talks about quotes that mean something to her because they impact. I'm like a huge for quotes. I love quotes. And like, you should see, I have a print, a Pinterest board. That's all just quotes. <laughs> I want to know if you're, before you go, if your closet is your quiet space. Um, no, no. <laughs> Only when I record, it's not even quiet now because I have someone at the door. No. Um, I don't even in my home. I don't even know if I have a quiet space. I kind of have to leave it, but maybe like maybe when I take a shower, that's kind of a quiet space. Yeah. It's better when you don't have the infants and you think you hear them crying. That's the worst. Jesse, I know you don't know what I'm talking about, but it fucking sucks. It fucking sucks. The phantom cries. The phantom cries. It's like a, it's like a phantom uh, phone vibration. You know, when we used to have that, you'd think your phone was vibrating when it's not. Yep. It's, it's that, but worse. But it's to the weeps of small children. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. Is my infant dying? What's happening? (laughs) You just have no, yeah, it's panic mode. Um, And then I like her get going because she says when she's really scared sure she needs something right away to calm her cravings for certainty for her it's the serenity prayer um and you know i i mean for me i just take a minute to pray in general like i'll just like like hey god um so blah 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 or whatever and that'll calm me down i usually start it with i haven't talked to you in a while but (laughs) (laughs) yeah i really do that i was hoping you were gonna start it with like hey god it's me lydia Lydia. you might not but i'll be like but i haven't talked to you in a while (laughs) i know if i do that if i just like randomly pray i'm like ooh. Uh, gosh, I feel selfish because, like, I only talk to you when I need something. That's how I do. Yeah. I should work on that. Well, I used to pray every night before I went to bed, and it had to be the exact same repetition. Everything had to be in the same order, or I was convinced that, like, something horrible would happen. And through therapy, I learned that's my anxiety telling me that. <laughs> and so it, um, so I just like, really now I only really pray like when I'm like super, super happy, not super, super happy when I'm happy, when I'm grateful, if I'm in the moment and I'm like, Hey God, this is awesome. Or, um, like when I'm really st- stressed. And so then I feel like I don't talk to him enough or her, whatever. I don't talk to God enough. And so, uh, yeah, I always have to start it with spend a minute sorry <laughs> sorry about it it's me lydia it's me lydia <laughs> you yeah. do remember me <laughs> 
Oh, that's great. Yeah, but like, what do you guys do when you're feeling like you need some sort of stillness or certainty? Do you know what you do? It's well, I mean, I think I typically am. I think I do it wrong. I think I just go, go, go until I finally have a second to just sit. So probably don't take the minute that I should take a lot of time. I hear a lot of people telling me to breathe. Um, like right at the beginning of our podcast, for example. <laughs> well, you were a little rushed, but that's yeah. okay. I just feel like I hear that a lot. <laughs> this just like, was one of those moments like, hey, we're cool. We cool. Yeah. Oh, I just don't like letting people down. That's one of those things. Oh, no. anyway. So, so um, this morning, yeah. I was having one of those moments. And so I just gotten back from a dog walk. And I sat down on my stairs. My husband had just left for work. And it was going to be like this moment of just like visualizing and manifesting and putting some positive thoughts and a few prayers out there. And then Daisy would not stop sniffing me. And I'm like, gosh, this is very disruptive because I'm trying really hard to like manifest the shit out of my day. And then I'm like, <laughs> I have dog treats in my pocket. <laughs> shit. <laughs> How the fuck should you manifest with dog treats in your pocket? I don't know. I'm what like, were you thinking? This is the land of dogs. What am I doing <laughs> sitting on the ground with dog treats in my pocket? <laughs> and that's a true story. And then I was like, hey, get away from me for a second. But then I had already broken my focus. <laughs> it was a wash. I don't I don't even know if I, I, I do not think ahead in my day. I, I don't know how you do that. I don't think I could sit there and be like, this is what I'm going to do today. I mean, I make my list, but that's like a weekly list. Shit. Well, I was manifesting how I I wanted some shit to go. Well, what is it that you say, Jesse? You (laughs) think it. (laughs) (laughs) I believe in manifestation. That's what's real. Yeah. yeah, thoughts become things. Yeah. Whatever you think about, you bring about. There it is. Yeah. I knew yeah. Jesse was gonna that's, when in doubt. That's what I wanted to hear. Grind it out. Oh. <laughs> when in doubt, grind it out. I don't think that's how they meant Wait, that. How did it go? That's, no, that's that's when Kayla and I were driving uh, the the slingshot, and she was just learning to use a stick oh, shift. Right. And I said, "If you can't find it, grind it." Grind it. Yeah. And then we, then we stalled out in the middle of Fifteenth Street in, in oncoming traffic. We're here to tell about it. <laughs> yeah, I, had a lot of, I had a lot of faith in that moment <laughs> oh my god you guys I was sweating so bad the engine is right behind the front of the slingshot and so the heat from the engine comes back on you anyway so mm-hmm. like it's not a car to drive when it's 90 degrees out because you're going to be miserable <laughs> but it doesn't but like, have a top right right but it gets so, I mean you're when you're are you kind supposed of, to drive it well Michael called it like a go-kart like it's very low to the ground <laughs> And um, I was sweating profusely and I'm not even ashamed to admit it because we were sideways on a road and I could not get the car to move and there were cars coming at us. And I'm like, I'm sorry, this is how it's going to end for you. Yes. I saw my life flash before my eyes, but it didn't. And then we went to, and then we went to Hobby Lobby. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) The quick wit from Kayla Joe is just bar none. No one compares to your quick wit. Got myself a recycling basket. We almost died for that basket. It was worth it. (laughs) Where is it now? You're saving the world. Still in the pantry. We still use it. Good. Bless it. Indeed. 
I wish I could say I manifested the shit out of that recycling basket, but I didn't. Those are before my manifesting days. <laughs> That's funny. I love, I love that trend right now, manifesting. I think mm-hmm. it's amazing. It's uh, Jack. It's one of Jack Canfield's laws of successful people. The law mm-hmm. of attraction. I'm listening to it right now. Mm. And that's on Say it, Jesse. Yeah. Say it, Jesse. What you think about what? Say it. What you thoughts think about become what things. things. Uh-huh. Thoughts become things, and what you think about you bring about. What you think about you bring about. I gotta remember that part. Yeah, I've been trying to remember that. I listened to the podcast yesterday, and I heard you say that again, and I was like, oh, remember it, remember it. Why don't you remember it? Because it's such a good one to come back to. If we a good one. were living in Salem, you know, in like the 1800s, we'd be burned at the stake for the station. Yes. Ladies. Well, I was also oh, yeah, going to say that be. it's also a terrible, like, <laughs> hamster wheel to be on when your thoughts aren't good. Because then yeah. you're just like, oh, yeah. no, stop. That's true. Oh, look That's at that. true. That is what we were talking about. <laughs> and then it's just like a never ending spiral of, no, don't think that. No, don't think that. Oh, you thought that. Oh, it's going to happen. Oh, don't think that. <laughs> oh, those intrusive then, thoughts. Yes. Mm. And then it's just a shit storm of the swamp. You're just hanging out in the swamp. A literal shit storm. Yes. So, but yeah. I think my kids actually did go to sleep. I think I. New bedtime routine. Thoughts become things. What you think about, you bring about. And <laughs> mom's got to wait. When in doubt, grind it out. You sound one on Rob. <laughs> Every, say that. I want to let say leave room for the Holy Ghost because that's my religious school bringing. It's a ghost. Grind. There's no room. It, you can Gosh, Rob's right having it. more fun than Keenan. Smash oh, ghost. Lydia's like, sorry, Keenan, leave room for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to another week of the Books That Make Us Better podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at Books That Make Us Better podcast. And don't forget to subscribe and share. We'll talk next week.